You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We <laughs> this is Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find the show on most social media platforms. Find our handle at Lockdown Hornets. You can find my handle on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug at Doug Branson LOH. And you can find Nada's Twitter at Nada the Scribe. He's in today, folks. It is Fire Friday. I don't yes, it were is. you here? You were here for Fire Friday last week. It was the I year was here. prior yeah, to that exactly. that you were not here. Yeah, where we nearly burned down the studio trying to record some. Well, we did do that. And also later on, we were able to get your takes on Frank Kaminsky and we dropped the ball on you there. We actually dropped yeah, the yeah, bomb, yeah, I should yeah, say. Yes, you did. You dropped the bomb on me. You set me up. That was not cool. I am we're playing a road game because we are not even in the Gittimer studios. <laughs> we are playing a road game. I am playing a road game today. I am on your turf and I hope you do not have any surprises for me like this ever again because that that wasn't cool last week. I was upset. I was genuinely hurt. I thought you loved me Walker. That you had to give analysis on Frank Kaminsky. Well, I know how much you're a big fan of Frank Kaminsky. Yes, you guys yes, have not had knows. any Twitter beef whatsoever. No, 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 no. You guys are fine. No, no, no. Again, I've only said again, the only issue I've ever had with Frank Kaminsky is some of his personal politics. It's not like I've said like it's not like I was like some other publication that happened to say Maybe we drafted the wrong guy. Are we going to play some jazz music sometime soon? I thought you were going somewhere else there. No, no. And no. just generally, you don't like Frank Kaminsky, but we'll move on. Yes. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast. We appreciate you joining us today. Player evaluations continue. We've got Malik Monk up next. My we, favorite. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Malik Monk because he is so enticing. Just We know he's a first-round selection, so we continue to talk about any kind of confidence that we have in him, just as eval really throughout the season. So we'll get to that. Also, we've got a David Aldridge article that we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Bradley Beal, it's centered around him. We yes. have spent a decent amount of time speaking about Bradley Beal. And so we'll talk about that. Also, some other NBA nuggets, maybe get to some playoff sound. Played some for you guys yesterday. I want to play some from some analysis from some NBA pundits throughout the league. And we do have some news and also some funny news to get to later on. So all of that today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. So let's get started with Malik Monk, as yes. we always do, with the player evals. And I want to get through his month-by-month -month yeah, evaluation, okay? Yeah. So... First off, what you let, let's go to the past, present, future, right? This is what we've been mm -hmm. doing. So when you draft Malik Monk 11th overall, yes, the Charlotte Hornets at least had most fans, including myself, extremely excited. I loved the selection. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to be the guy, even though he was small. I get it. But even though he was small, I thought that had the most potential to be a star player for a Hornets franchise that had spent the better part of the last five years drafting role players that yeah. were going to be good and you hoped would be good, but none of them broke out. So MKG, it's not like they're complete bust because they do contribute, but MKG certainly didn't play the value of a second round no, select or a second overall selection. Cody Zeller wasn't the value, even though he's probably the best out of that draft. That wasn't a bad pick. It's just I don't think he's yeah, giving you what like, a fourth overall selection you would want for him. Yeah, the thing with that is like if we didn't have Oladipo's recent boom into being an upper echelon And you could have had player. him anyway. He was drafted ahead of him. Exactly. So, done. Done. Argument's done. You can't have that. But you're right. It's just, Cody Zeller wasn't... I mean, He, he was, wasn't a horrible pick. No, he, he was wasn't. a serviceable guy. The only issue with a guy like Cody Zeller 
is that he can't stay healthy. And he's That's not it. worth the fourth overall, but but in that draft, he In that was. draft, he is. And so you look at the drafts, point is well made. Malik Monk, I thought, had the ability to be a star. And Malik Monk, after the first couple of seasons, has not shown it, despite a ton of hype surrounding him coming in. Probably the most hype of anybody, right, outside of Kimba Walker. Out as of far Kimba, as yeah. maybe MKG, second overall. I know there's a lot of hype just because he was so early. But Malik Monk had a ton of hype for being a double-digit pick. No, he did have a ton of hype. And he had deserved hype because you have that shooting stroke, plus you have the athleticism that he possesses. So there were times where he would catch your eye and it would be justified. And we were all wondering why he slipped all the way to 11. Well, we kind of know now. (laughs) He was the most exciting player. He was one of the most exciting players in all of college basketball in his one year at Kentucky. Yeah. And a lot of people tuned in to his one year in Kentucky. And you got to see him in the NCAA tournament against North Carolina, hit that incredible shot. You got to see him go, was it 47 that he dropped against Carolina? Yeah, against North Carolina. The first go around? Yeah, exactly. He was was a lot of fun. Yeah, he also did a dime interview with a certain writer for for Dime Magazine. He did. He talked about his dog with that certain dime writer. Exactly. Exactly. So he's, again, He's, he's accomplished a few things. We like Malik Monk around here, yes, but we, we have do. to take him for what he is, and it has been somebody that has disappointed. We can go to the rookie season. It was not very good. You look at his overall stats, his rookie season, Malik Monk was able to get you a 6.7 points per game, shot 36% from the field, and 34% from three. So not good, an no. effective field goal percentage of almost 46 Simply not good from Malik Monk. No. Now let's get to this year. Not a, what we saw from him throughout this entire year. Roller coaster, man. And and the ups were, the inclines were not even all that much. It's just the declines were really bad. It you, was the thing with Malik Monk, and before we even really get deep, deep and dig into this, like the thing is, there there's always going to be those physical limitations. And unfortunately, they all got exposed this year. All of them. After the first month of the year, Malik averaged over 12 points a game on mm-hmm. 39% shooting from the field and mm-hmm. 38% from three. So 39% from the field, not very good. But the first month of the year, he gets you 12 points. He gets you at least close to 40% from three. He does have those big moments. He has the big moment in the second game of the season yep. where he hits a big shot against Miami. It is a division rival that you're going to have to go up against for a last playoff spot in the Eastern Conference that we all knew at the time. And so Malik actually gets off to a pretty good start to the season where you're thinking, okay, let's go at this the sophomore year. At the beginning of November, he was actually playing pretty well. Then he fell off of a cliff. So he had one game at the end of the month against Atlanta, uh, scored 26 points, but overall shot 35% from the field and under 30 from three. At the very end of November is when you saw him get his first DNPCD and see his minutes get diminished to single digits frequently. Yeah. In December, he only missed a couple of games, but... Averaged 44% from the field, which is the best month that he had this season, and 34% from three, scoring 11 a game. Arguably his best month, probably not even all that much, arguably, and it's not even all that great. But 44 from the field, you take Mm -hmm. that for his entire career. Fantastic. He probably won't get that. But 44 for a month is good. 34 from three, you would like to see that go up, but probably the best month of his career. You go to January, 40% from the field, 36 from three, 10 points a game. Then February and March come, not a yeah, and it gets bad, very ugly. The second half of the season, really, it starts to get really ugly for Malik. It's the worst two months of the season that he put up. 
Seven and a half points per game, which was the worst above any month that he had to that point. Mm-hmm. 35% shooting from the field, god-awful. 25% from three, god-awful. And the first half of March, Malik only logs three games in the first nine that the Charlotte Hornets play. And two of those games that he played, he only logged three minutes in those contests. So in, in those contests. So the first nine games of March, not a I mean, he's a non factor. He doesn't even no. suit up, essentially. No, but the thing is, like, we start you start talking about the shooting numbers. That we're not even talking about the defensive rating numbers, which were, I believe, one fifteen, one seventeen, one nineteen, one twenty one. 119. Like, you can't put a guy out there if he's not going to at least double what he gets, or at least he's not going to at least equal what he gives up. And I just, you could justify it because the it goes back to the frame. It goes back to the fact that he can't, he can't physically stay in front of people. He can't finish at the rim, which doesn't help with a lot of his field goal numbers. His field goal numbers would be almost 40. 41 if he can finish at the rim, but that's a physical limitation because he doesn't have the physical bulk right now. He's tiny. We yes. understand that. He's crazy small, and he's going to have to get size on him this offseason. Yes. He has said that. Mitch Kupchak has said that. He has also talked about wanting to see this through with Malik. Mitch Kupchak, that is. Not wanting to just trade him for no value whatsoever and at least trying to go one more year because Malik is extremely young getting drafted as a freshman out of college and so one more year it does seem like he is going to be on this franchise unless he's used as a bargaining chip and we can get to that in the second segment when we talk about David Aldridge's article yes but the second half of March nada the really and just the few games that were played in the month of April will encompass it all together and you see what Malik Monk did his rookie year mm-hmm. playing pretty much meaningless basketball they were not in a playoff race by really the last month, the last half of the month of the regular season in his rookie campaign, and he did some good things. Actually shot somewhat well from the field, gave you some good point outputs, and so Malik gave you something to hold on to heading into the summer. We felt decent, at least, including the first summer league game where he really played well, Mm -hmm. and then he got injured, and then we had to wait for the regular season to come. This second half of March for him, not as much, played a little bit better, but not as much for us to continue to talk good about him. The second half of March is when Borrego went to the young guys. Malik gets thrown back into the rotation. Mm -hmm. He averages only seven a game, but it did come on 40% from the field, 37 from three on 16 minutes a game. We're not talking about but one month where he shot over 40% from the field, and we didn't see 40% at all from three. The best we got was 38 in October from him. Mm-hmm. Didn't get 37 in the last part, but look, man, I, I've, ta- I've talked a lot about Malik. The only reason that you have any kind of hope in him whatsoever is because of the ability that just doesn't seem to be there. And you're right to bring up the defensive statistics. And This is all bad offensively, let alone defensively, yeah, which worse. is considered the weakness of his game. No, it's worse defensively, and that's the problem. Like We're talking about a guy that should be at minimum, maybe a 14-point-per-game score. And we haven't even talked about the mental errors he makes on defense. We're not talking about the stuff that he doesn't seem to get in between the ears at times. Now, I'm not calling him dumb. I'm just calling him inexperienced. And maybe I wonder how much he works at the film portion of the game. Learning a lot of this stuff should be film work, should be a lot of not really practice time, but this should be, you should be in the game, you should be in the film watching your games watching how you can defend better, using your length better. He doesn't do any of that 
right now. And unfortunately, that's the part where I think he's got to get a lot better. He starts working at being a pro. Now, granted, I lay that a little bit at the feet of the so-called vets like Marvin Williams, a guy like Tony Parker. I lay that at the feet of those guys because if you're not in there teaching him how to dissect the game from a film perspective, if you're not babysitting this kid, then what are you doing? What is your value? Because sometimes, especially in the case of Marvin and Tony, who weren't really all playing that much. If you're not doing that, then what's your value in the last couple of months? Well, you you start to swim in a little bit of treacherous waters, goat, right? Like that's a little bit hot takey. You are starting to bring the fire a little bit there, but yes. it it I I it look, it would be great for those veterans to mentor him. It's a lot of responsibility on Malik Monk to take this upon himself, which I yes. think you were discussing at the beginning of that. But Malik, you're right. Just watching defensively, I would make it a point, and I've mentioned this quite a bit on the podcast, I would make it a point to just specifically focus on Malik defensively. And you could see stretches maybe in the middle where he got better, but then I would get to March again, Nada, and even in February, like he was so bad. He just gets lost in coverages. You set a pick on him, and he doesn't know how to find he his man. He doesn't know how to recover. He has zero clue how to recover. And even if he did, he doesn't have the body to fight through anything right now. It's it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot to see him get through this offseason to where you have any kind of off- uh, confidence in him. And then let's say that he has a good first 10 games you're not going to still be able to give him a whole lot of confidence because we saw him have a decent first 10 games this year. He has to be consistent. It's going to be a rude awakening for him. If he, It's already been a rude awakening for him. It should be. But this is this is it. And, and, and look, this is the last straw. A lot of people have already given up on Malik Muck. And, and I think that's a mistake. I honestly think that's a mistake to give up on this kid. It's hard to argue with the oh, – look, I've been with you. It's hard to argue with the numbers, but we'll see what he does. Are you in your car a lot, driving to work, driving the kids around if you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now. Tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets and don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say play Locked On Hornets and make drive time, LOH time. We've went a little bit overboard on the first segment. We'll talk a little bit about the David Aldridge article in the second segment. Also got some NBA playoff things to get to. All of that and more on the LOH podcast, Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night, they didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on lockedonhornets.com. Coming to you from the Essex Home Studios, affiliated with 730 The Game, ESPN Charlotte. But as always, want to give a quick shout out to the Ginnemer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Ginnemer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Not a how are you doing in the road game so far, you think? You doing all right? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm doing better than uh, Malik's road game stats. <laughs> you're doing better than Malik home and road game stats did we do a good job of making the locker room look presentable to you like oh, no, do you is, feel comfortable here i feel comfortable here i feel comfortable here the spread's a little sparse but outside <laughs> of that i'm good yeah we don't have any free food when yeah. i get free i get free food first if once i get free food 
then maybe I'll allow yeah, you to yeah, have exactly. some. But I need to be taken care of at home before anybody else does. Let's get to that David Aldrich article like we were talking about. So basically, he writes an article for The Athletic, and the headline is, Whoever Ted Leonsis hires, is it Leonsis? Yeah, Leonsis. Leonsis. Yeah. We know how I am. Yes, Ted Leonsis exactly. hires as Wizards GM, has to tell the boss it's time to trade Bradley Beal. Not a, I wonder if Bradley Beal is the player that the Locked On Hornets podcast has talked about the most that did not don a Charlotte Hornets jersey at any point in his career. Oh, oh no, it is. It is, and we should stop. And, and, and should we? Because we, we should stop. Because they keep dangling it out here, and I just don't know. We, we we never knew what the Wizards were doing. Ernie Grenfeld obviously never knew what the Wizards were doing, and yes. it makes a lot of sense to trade for Bradley Beal. I think the reason we should stop is because I just don't think there's going to be enough assets unless you get rid of all of your first-round selections. And at what point does it become too risky to get rid of all of your first-round selections? It's a very complex issue, right? Because this entire season was built on trying to keep Kimba and build a playoff team, build a team that could even get out of the first round, try to get some help along Kimba. And Bradley Beal would be that guy. Bradley's a bad dude. Yes, he is. He's extremely good. But the Wizards know that they have a really good asset to where the contract is not stupid. Exactly. It's a lot of money, but it's not stupid. It's like 28 mil somewhere around there annually. Exactly. More than worth it, especially at the age Bradley Beal is, the way that he was able to step his game up. Kemba Walker is battling Bradley Beal for that last guard spot Mm -hmm. for an all-NBA team. You put those two guys together, that backcourt would be a lot of fun. What would it take to get Bradley? It certainly would take Miles Bridges. It's going to take Bridges. It's going to take Monk. It's going to take your first round your unprotected. Your first round unprotected this year. It take at least this year's first rounder plus the not you can't trade back to back first round picks. So it would probably be the 2021 pick. Oh, yeah. So, and, like and unprotected. maybe yeah. I mean, and and but the thing is you got to match salaries, and so you're probably trying to get off Nick Batum. But they're not going to take that. They're probably going to go the route of Marvin and MKG. And they, I don't, I think they can maybe take Nick Batum in that because no, they, but they're they not, won't. but they're not they interested. Won't. They're not interested in caring about salary cap at that point. No, you're interested in getting your books right because remember, we're still dealing with the John Wall contract. That's the issue. They still have $40 million they have to pay. They are going to be rebuilding this thing. John Wall's contract is virtually untradeable. You're right about that. And and maybe you're right. They probably don't want Nick Batum's contract. They don't I just, want that. I, I don't I don't think it's impossible to include that if you were to get rid of two unprotected first rounders, Miles Bridges and Malik Monk. And again, all of that is to keep a Kemba Walker. Let's say that you only get rid of one unprotected first-round pick. Let's say that is enough and maybe even a protected or whatever alongside Malik. But remember, we were talking about this a long time ago, Nada. Yeah. Malik still had more value, right? Exactly. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of value Which is why you need at least two of those unprotected picks, if not a third, plus expiring contracts. Because, again, John Wall... Which they have now. Which they have now. They have three expiring contracts. You would need to get at least two of them from them so that you can at least shed some more contracts, resign some guys, and then you're still going to rebuild. At this point, I would honestly ask you this question, Walker. I would ask anyone listening this question. What makes this? What makes a Bradley Beal deal not look like a Bro- Brooklyn-Boston deal from a couple of years ago? I was thinking 
it, it's not it would be that light it would be a diet deal like that you know because look we have operated at a level yes where we want Kimba Walker I'm, and I'm talking about the Hornets fan base at large here we want Kimba Walker at almost all costs and it, it, when you know we've gotten some feedback that did not agree when Doug and I talked about Kimba Walker about how it's probably time to move on because yes. the roster can't change when you sign Kimba Walker to a big boy deal and you have to at least wait one year before the roster can truly change because it takes all that to get a player like Bradley Beal which is the only player that would make this would make a significant difference along Kimba right like, I do agree like you can't Kevin Love has been thrown out there you don't want that contract like that there, doesn't move the needle no the thing is like there are I'm at the point now where I kind of have to agree with you, but I have to caution you on something. We have to remember that this team continually draws money and reportedly loses money on a year-by-year basis. That loss only gets worse with the exit of Kemba Walker. They're also above the tax. They're basically creeping up on the luxury tax. They're in a no-win scenario, and it's do I lose money slow or do I lose money quick? I, I get it. At the same time, I do wonder what is the like the ceiling on a Bradley Beal Kemba Walker team. Well, too? no, and I understand. And what you bring up is the business aspect of tanking. Is that the excuse that makes it worth it to keep Kemba? Because look at what they did this year. Oh no, I know. I mean, they they didn't make the playoffs. Yes, but here's the thing. Everybody has that dream about being with that new person sometimes. Sometimes you get sick of just, you have that familiarity, you get sick of that person, and then you want to go see if you can go step out, see if you guys want to try something new. And then what happens? The new person is just like the old person. Yeah, I, I need to I need to go out there and at least look, though, Nada. I mean, I, I'm at the point where I know what this is. At, yes. I mean, we know what this is, and yes. I, I am not happy anymore. <laughs> if we're going to go with the relationship status yeah. of things. You I, are not happy in this relationship Maybe anymore. there are other fans that are, and at, at some point it gets to an argument where just what do you value, and yeah. then it's hard to agree because if you value getting – and I'm not saying this with any snark, right? Yeah. I, if you value – being a, a mid market a small market team like you are and battling to get in the postseason, trying to get that eighth, seventh, sixth seed every year, then okay. I, I think I'm not one to just shake my head at that and say if you're not first, you're last. I'm not gonna be one like that. Yes. I just am at the point where I personally don't value that anymore. I, I, I did with a veteran-laden roster. I was yeah. fine trying to go after it this season because of the situation they were in, because they were trying to keep Kimba. I was down to give it a try. They didn't make it, and now I don't value that anymore, and I want something different, and I think the only way to do so is to but part the, ways. The only other thing I would say is we're assuming Bradley Beal's enough. Like That's a Hail yeah. Mary last-ditch and then like, Kemba leaves, and then and we Kemba got Bradley leaves Beal. And, you got and we Bradley have no first-rounders. <laughs> and no first-rounders, and you're not going to recoup anything similar to that with, like a, again, the roster equivalent of Afghanistan at this point. Yeah, you would have, you would have uh, to have Kemba agree that he would stay, certainly if you were in any talks with Bradley Beal whatsoever. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs next. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Laranega and James Borrego. Should get the first two. name right. <laughs> yeah, this, well, maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay too. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applicants come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It's all one word. Locked on. ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. It's ZipRecruiter. It's the smartest way to hire. So I want to start off with this story, which we probably should have led off with. It's so good. Yes. And so bad. It's also glorious at the same time. Yes. So... So what we have here is D'Angelo Russell doing something stupid. Stay off the weed. D'Angelo Russell, Brooklyn Nets point guard. And you can't stay off the weed. Was cited for marijuana possession after being detained Wednesday at LaGuardia Airport after a baggage check. Stays off (laughs) the weed. What that marijuana was in was a fake Arizona iced tea can that was a secret compartment for little things such as a small stash of pot. Stay off the damn weed. (laughs) And they don't listen. Stupid. (laughs) I mean, nada. (laughs) How do you show up to an airport with weed on you in a compartment that is a fake Arizona iced tea can and you can't, even if it was a real Arizona iced tea can, you can't, you can't bring that on the plane. No, you can't no. bring that through security. Like, like we have, I have questions. I have questions. As a, as a native New Yorker, <laughs> I, have, I have questions. One, why would you go to LaGuardia? Who, like, who That's the thing you? you took from this. No, 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 no. There's more. There's more. <laughs> not, There's going, more. not going to JFK. No, no. Not going to JFK is, is bad enough. Who goes to LaGuardia? LaGuardia is the seventh level of hell. <laughs> Everybody that's flown into LaGuardia has come to regret it. Say, yeah. do it again. Please. Stay off the weed. Clearly, he was high. <laughs> Clearly, he was high when thinking, I'm going to fly out of LaGuardia. Number two, you are a millionaire that's due a whole lot of money in restricted free agency. You didn't think that maybe, just maybe, you go buy yourself a plane. You go rent a, a private plane. <laughs> that way you don't even have to pretend. Hell, you, you could smoke have, on the plane. Exactly. You could smoke on the plane. They have things called non-disclosure agreements. You could have done whatever you wanted. Yet you chose not to. That is That, that, that makes me think of the decision-making of this kid is not necessarily worth having him pay him a max deal. Because, you know, I can't trust him to be smart, Walker. What's next? I, I don't know. Codeine, weed, D and alcohol. <laughs> I mean, what? What's next? Basically. What's next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, like I got nothing else. I got I got nothing else. Yeah, I I am just confused about why he thought that was going to work. Heading in through security, thinking he was going to be able to sneak that by security. When of course the thing that if it would have been real in the first place would not have slid by security. And so D'Angelo Russell, while he did have a breakout season this year, while he was yes. very good, yes. not a breakout off season. In fact, we've had a couple of bad off seasons. We forget about the time that he outed Nick Young and his relationship with Iggy Azalea. Nick Nick, Nick Young hasn't nick young has not no, no he, he hasn't he has not he hasn't. but d'angelo russell we forget about that a little bit nick young has not and so now d'angelo russell at least has another off-season faux pas if you will uh, no, i wouldn't even call it a faux pas like it would just like i just want to know did he get a first class ticket or did he ride and coach that's all yeah the week yeah Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. Thank all you. of that, all of that is absolutely glorious. Real quickly, we'll talk about the NBA playoffs just real quickly here. Giannis Antetokounmpo heading to the Boston Celtics game three tonight. It's a big game for him. A lot of pressure. Brian Windhorst says not a who gets it done between the Bucks and the Boston Celtics game three. Boston wins. Uh, Boston wins this game because Boston, they win the series. I, I don't think they win the series. You think Bucks take care of it? Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven. This is the best playoff series we got going right now. Even over Philly, Toronto. Even over Philly, Toronto, because I have questions about Nick Nurse after last night. Well, Brett Brown, he's coaching for his job, and Brett Brown is oh, doing a good job. No, he still is coaching for his job. I mean, if they lose this series, he's gone. You think he stays? Oh, yeah, because the guy that they were probably going to replace him with is in Phoenix right now. Well, he is. That's good. We have some breaking, not breaking news, but it did just get broken, I don't know, a couple of minutes ago as of 1245 is what we're recording. So Monty Williams is going to be the Suns head coach. He is going to agree to a five-year deal. And Philadelphia, uh, he is going to finish with the 76ers throughout this playoff run before he takes it. But Robert Sarver is the guy that you choose to be your boss. I don't know if the Lakers Over were... Genie Bus. Well, yeah. it, I mean, did he have the choice? Because the Lakers are going to move forward with Ty Lue, but that comes after Monty Williams goes to Phoenix it seems so yeah yeah exactly like I'm going to choose dysfunctional owner over dysfunctional general manager or president we haven't we don't know yet and dis dysfunctional owner uh Bomani Jones said this uh, yesterday for the Lakers to succeed we are at Dolan territories with the Lakers right now for the Lakers to succeed they need a billionaire that knows what he's doing to buy that team Genie Bus can't do it no more. All right. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Hornets here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Lockdown Hornets. Make sure you check us out on that Himalaya Podcast app as well. It makes Doug smarter. It makes myself just a little bit smarter, but Nada is extra fiery on that Himalaya Podcast app. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.